Hi everybody, Johnny here. Welcome back to part two of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Plus some extra little tidbits here at the end. I hope you enjoy. Giddy up. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. Hi everybody, welcome back. Hope everyone is doing well out there. We just uh, celebrated Easter last weekend and it was really beautiful here in Colorado. And I actually went to a show in the past week, which we'll get into a little bit later, and went to a venue I've never been to before, which was an amazing venue. I'm actually looking forward to seeing many more shows there. Went to see a hockey game over the weekend it was the Avalanche and the Hurricanes, which are going to be some big contenders, I think, for the Stanley Cup this year. It was a great game, high excitement, celebrated a friend's birthday, which you're going to be hearing probably more about as the podcasts increase over the next few months. Just wanted to thank everybody for listening, like I said before. This is the part two of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And part two for me is going to be quite the big rabbit hole because you have to understand that the success of Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic catapulted them to a whole other caliber of um, success. With John leaving, it definitely opened the door for the possibility of any guitarist to come in at that point. Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction fame, Jane's Addiction, which we talked about in the last podcast with the lead singer Perry Farrell, who helped create Lollapalooza. Uh, Navarro, who actually just uh, last year had a album out with Taylor Hawkins, who just passed away, has been in the industry for quite a while. He's part of the LA scene. You probably know him from his relationship with Carmen Electra. They had a reality show at some point. And then he also had a reality show um, involving tattoos. So Dave Navarro joined um, the band there back in 92. He actually first performed with them, though, in 94 at the Woodstock 94. And that was one of the better ones. The one that was five years later was the topic last year of a lot of controversy that was going on. They got to perform some early versions of their new songs. And then it, it was followed by a brief tour. And they went to some festivals. I believe they were at the Reading Festival for, uh, for that summer. Um, they are also the opening act for the Rolling Stones uh, for the Oratory. Rolling Stones has always been known to having some of the hippest, hottest acts to open up for them. We could definitely go around a rabbit hole with that. I know when I saw them, it was in October of uh, 94 in Ames. I think it was Cyclone Stadium. And the opening act was actually a band that wouldn't be around much longer due to the band's lead singer dying of a heroin overdose. And that was Blind Melon. And I think at some point we probably will, dealing with a lot of the artists that passed away in the 90s due to heroin overdose and uh, some of the alternative bands that were in and out during that era also. But we'll go down that another time. So back in 94, Dave Navarro was uh, in the band. And he and the band, unfortunately, had not the chemistry that you would hope for. At one point, Navarro admitted that he did not care for funk music or jamming. 
Also, during this time, unfortunately, he just relapsed into heroin. They felt without Frusciante songs, they, they'd written a very slower, kind of more mellower pace. Without the Frusciante songs, there was definitely an element missing there. Kita said at one point, John had been a true anomaly when it came to songwriting. I just figured that was all guitar players were, that you showed them your lyrics and they sang a little bit and the next thing you knew you had a song. That didn't happen with Dave. With Kitas often absent from recording due to his drug problems, Flea took a larger role in the writing process and sang Lee on his song, P. Um, One Hot Minute was released in September 95. After several delays, it departed from the band's previous sound. It was Navarro's guitar work incorporating heavy metal riffs and psychedelic rock. The band described the album as a darker, sadder record. Kitas' lyrics address drugs, including lead single Warped, and broken relationships and deaths of loved ones, including Tearjerker, written about Kurt Cobain. Despite mixed reviews, the album sold 8 million copies and produced the band's third number one single, My Friends. Great song. The band also contributed to soundtracks, including Working Class Hero, a tribute to John Lennon, and then the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. It was for the movie Beavis and Butthead Do America. Also, Flea and Navarro contributed to a little... Perhaps a known song called You Oughta Know, Alanis Morissette's debut, I guess it wasn't really debut, but her song that catapulted her to the status that she is at now. Uh, the band began the tour for One Hot Minute in Europe in 95. The U.S. tour was postponed after Smith broke his wrist in 97. Several shows were canceled following deteriorating band relations, injuries, and Navarro and Kiedis drug use. They played three shows that year, including the first Fuji Rock Festival in Japan. Then in April of 98, the band announced that Navarro had left due to creative differences. Kita stated that the decision was mutual. Reports at the time, however, indicated that Navarro's departure came after he attended a band practice under the influence of drugs. So at the time of this album's release, I was living here for the first time. I believe this was my first or second year living in Colorado. It was 94. And I worked at a store here called Salvas Plaza. It was for a, the music store company I was working for. And I remember that album coming out. I remember it being decent. It just wasn't the same as with the other previous albums. You have to understand also at this point, there was a lot of music that was coming out due to the alternative era. I mean, we already were a few years into it. So there was a lot of stuff coming out. A lot of different things kind of got overlooked this is one of those albums that comes down to the Chili Peppers era that made a lot of sales but didn't have the impact that the albums that were going to be coming out would. So you've probably always heard the saying, write what you know. And during this period in time, between Dave Navarro leaving and John coming back, there was a lot of pain the members were going through and with great art sometimes comes pain I have to say that during this period of time and everything they had to go through if they didn't go through any of this it would probably not impact the band as much as it did when it came to them to record the album that was the follow up to One Hot Minute 
with the energy of the four of these guys together. John Frusciante, Chad Smith, Anthony Kiedis, and Flea. The energy is something that when they come together, these four artists make great music together. With no guitarists in 1988, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on the verge of breaking up. In the years following Frusciante's departure, his heroin addiction had left him in poverty and near death. Flea convinced Frusciante to admit himself to a drug rehabilitation center. So in January of 1988, he entered the facility. His addiction left him with scarring on his arms, a reconstructed nose, and dental implants following an oral infection. In April of 1998, Flea visited the recovered Frusciante and asked him to rejoin the band. Rashante began sobbing and said nothing would make him happier. So with all these elements going on, with John's recovery, and with all the powers that be getting them all back together, that June of 99, after more than a year of production, the Red Hot Chili Peppers released Californication. Their seventh studio album, it sold over 16 million copies and remains their most successful album. Californication contained fewer rap songs than its predecessors, instead integrating textured and melodic guitar riffs, vocals, and bass lines. It produced three number one modern rock hits, Scar Tissue, Other Side, and Californication. Californication received stronger reviews than One Hot Minute was a greater success worldwide. While many critics credited the success of the album to Frusciante's return, they also felt Kiedis's vocals had also improved. It was also in the top 500 albums of all time in Rolling Stone magazine. Californication was supported with a two-year international world tour, producing the first Chili Peppers concert DVD off the map. In July of 99, the Chili Peppers played the closing show at Woodstock 99. During the set, a small fire escalated into violence and vandalism, resulting in the intervention of riot control squads. ATMs and several semi-tractor trailers were looted and destroyed. The band was blamed in the media for inciting the riots after performing a cover of Jimi Hendrix's song, Fire. In his memoir, Kiedis wrote, It was clear that the situation had nothing to do with Woodstock anymore. It was a symbolic of peace and love, but of greed and cashing in. If you actually watched the documentary that came out last year, in 2021, there was a documentary on the whole Woodstock 99 tour. It has now been revealed that actually that Limp Biscuit had a big part of the reasons why it got chaotic. It was during their song, Break Stuff, which was actually a very popular song at that moment in time. So a lot of people knew it and it actually infused the riot and the chaos that would ensue they would later trace back to that moment in time and not the Chili Peppers. So back in early of 2001, immediately following the Californication tour, Frusciante and Kiedis would collaborate for days straight, discussing and sharing guitar progressions and lyrics. For Kiedis, writing by the way was a whole different experience from Californication. John was back to himself and brimming with confidence. 
The recording was difficult for Flea, who felt his role was being diminished, and fought with Frusciante about the musical direction. Flea considered quitting the band after the album, but the two worked out their problems. By the Way was released in July of 2002 and produced four singles, By the Way, The Zephyr Song, Can't Stop, and Universally Speaking. The album was their most subdued to date, focusing on melodic ballads over rap and funk, with layered textures, more keyboards, and string arrangements. The album was followed by an 18-month world tour, a concert DVD, Live at Slane Castle, and the band's first live album, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Live in Hyde Park. More than 258,000 fans paid over $17 million for tickets over three nights. A 2004 record, the event ranked number one on Billboard's top concert box scores of 2004. In November of 2003, the Chili Peppers released their greatest hits album, which featured new songs, Fortune Faded, and Saved the Population. So this was a pivotal moment for them, releasing a greatest hits album, coming off a successful album, changing their music style and genre a little bit more, and letting the creativity flow. You have to understand that at this moment in time, all cylinders are running. They're a unit. They are progressing into a really artistic group. The, the energy's flowing, the, the material's flowing. They're finding their places as far as uh, the band goes. And so with that being said, they had a lot of material to work with. So coming up to 2006, the Chili Peppers released their ninth album, Stadium Acradium. Although they initially planned to release a trilogy of albums, they chose to release a 28-track double album. It was their first album to debut at number one on the U.S. charts, where it stayed for two weeks, and debuted a number one in the U.K. and 25 other countries. Stadium Acradium sold over 7 million units. It won 5 Grammys. Best Rock Album, Best Rock Song, Danny California, Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal, Danny California, Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Packaging, and yes, Best Producer, Rick Rubin. So at this point, Rick, the band, hit their like peak right here. You know, they, they, they were, it was, it couldn't get any better than this. And the album to this day is considered one of their best. Um, that single, like we talked about, Danny California was the band's fastest selling single. It debuted on the top modern rock chart in the U.S., peaking at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 and reached number two in the U.K. Um, then they released Tell Me Baby. It also topped the charts in 2006. And then shortly after that, they released Snow, which was released in the later of 2006. Um, they broke multiple records in 2007. The song became their 11th number one single, giving the band a cumulative total of 81 weeks at number one. It was also the first time three consecutive singles by the band made it to number one. Desecration Smile was released internationally in 2007 and reached number 27 on the UK charts. Hump the Bump was planned to be their next single by the US, Canada, and Australia, but due to positive feedback from the music video, it was released as a worldwide single in May of 2007. 
The Stadium of Creating World Tour began in 2006, including several festival dates. Frashante's friend and frequent music collaborator, Josh Klingenhofer, joined the touring band, contributing guitar, backing vocals, and keyboards. The band was a musical guest for Saturday Night Live, which aired in May of 2006 and featured host Tom Hanks. So here Josh is in the band, and who would know that later to come, things were going to change up once again. So following the last leg of the Stadium Cradium Tour, the Chili Peppers took an extended, very much needed break. Kiedis attributed this to the band being worn out from years of non-stop work since Californication. Their only recording during this time was in 2008 with George Clinton on his album, George Clinton and His Gangsters of Love, accompanied by Kim Manning. They recorded a new version of Shirley and Lee's classic, Let the Good Times Roll. Kiedis, who had recently become a father, planned to spend the time off taking care of his son, and developing a television series based on his autobiography, Spider and Son. Flea began taking music theory classes at the University of Southern California and revealed plans to release a mainly instrumental solo record. Guest musicians included Patti Smith and a choir from the Silver Lake Conservatory. Frashante released his own solo album. Smith worked with Sammy Hagar, Joe Satriani, and Michael Anthony in the supergroup Chickenfoot as well as his solo project, Flea and Turing Chili Peppers percussionist Mauro Rafagasco joined Tom York and the supergroup Adams for Peace. All great projects, definitely check that stuff out. I really loved Adams for Peace. In July of 2009, Frusciante again left the Chili Peppers though. No announcement was made until December. Frusciante explained on his social media that there was no ill feeling about his departure at this time and that he wanted to focus on his solo work. In October 2009, the Chili Peppers entered the studio to begin working their 10th studio album with Klingoffer replacing Frusciante. So now we're in January of 2010. The Chili Peppers, now with their new guitarists, made their live comeback, paying tribute to Neil Young with a cover of A Man Needs a Maid at Music Cares. In February, after months of speculation, Klingenhofer was confirmed at Frusciante's replacement. The band began recording their 10th studio album with producer Rick Rubin in September and finished in March of 2011. They decided against releasing another double album, releasing the album to only 14 tracks. I'm With You, the 10th Red Hot Chili Peppers album, was released in August of 2011. It topped the charts in 18 countries and received mostly positive reviews. The Adventures of Rain Dance Maggie became the band's 12th number one single, Monarchy of Roses, Look Around, Did I Let You Know, and Brendan's Death Song were also released as singles. In July of 2011, the Chili Peppers played three invitation-only warm-up shows in California, their first since 2007. They began a month-long promotional tour in August of 2011, starting in Asia. The I'm With You World Tour ran from September of 2011 until 2013. The North American leg, expected to begin in January of 2012, was postponed to March due to surgery Kiedis required for foot injuries he has sustained during the Stadium Acradium Tour. Following the I'm With You World Tour, the band set out on another small tour, including their first shows in Alaska, Paraguay, the Philippines, and Puerto Rico. 
Recordings from the tours were released in 2012 on the free 2011 live EP. The Chili Peppers were nominated for two MTV Europe Music Awards for Best Rock Band and Best Live Artist, and nominated for Best Group at the 2012 People's Choice Awards. I'm With You was also nominated for a 2012 Grammy Award for Best Rock Album. In May of 2012, the Chili Peppers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is a really great performance and ceremony to watch. Uh, John was there at the actual ceremony. May also saw the release of the downloaded only Rock and Roll Hall of Fame covers EP, conspiring previously released studio and live covers of artists that had influenced the band. From August of 2012, the band began releasing a series of singles as the I'm With You sessions, which were compiled on the I'm Beside You LP in November of 2013 as a record store day exclusive. In February of 2014, the Chili Peppers joined Bruno Mars as performers at the Super Bowl halftime show, watched by a record 115.3 million viewers. The performance was met with mixed reviews for its use of backing music, Flea responded, it was an NFL rule for bands to pre-record music due to time and technical issues, and that they had agreed because it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He said Kiedis' vocals were completely live, and the band had recorded a give it away during rehearsals. The band began another tour in May of 2013, which ended in June of 2014. 2012 to 2013, Live EP was released in July of 2014 through their website as a free download. The Chili Peppers released Phantomonium in November of 2014, a book dedicated to their fans. That December, they began work on their 11th album, their first without producer Rick Rubin since 1989. It was instead produced by Danger Mouse. Flea broke his arm during a skiing trip, which delayed the recording for several months. Dark Necessities, the first single from their upcoming album, was released on May 5th. Their 11th album, The Getaway, was released in June. Kiedis said the songs were influenced by a two-year relationship that fell apart. Dark Necessities became the band's 25th top 10 single on Billboard's Alternative Singles chart, a record they hold over U2. In February of 2016, Circle of the Noose, an unreleased song they recorded with Navarro in 1998, was leaked. In May, the band released The Getaway. The music video for Dark Necessities, directed by actress Olivia Wilde, was released in July of 2016. The Getaway made its debut at number two on the Billboard 200 chart behind Drake, who had the number one album for eight consecutive weeks. The Getaway outsold Drake its opening week with album sales of 108,000 to 33,000, actually placing him at fourth in sales for the week Though due to album streaming, Drake managed to top the band for the top position in the charts. In July of 2016, the Live in Paris EP was re-released exclusively through the music streaming website Deezer. Go Robot was announced as the second single from The Getaway. In the same month, the band members started to post images from the set of the music video. The Getaway was reissued on limited edition pink vinyl in September as part of a 10 bands, one cause. All money from the sales of the reissue went to Gilda's Club, New York City, an organization that provides community support for both those diagnosed with cancer and their caretakers. It is named after the comedian Gilda Radner. There is also a Gilda's Club um, back home from where I lived in Davenport, Iowa, which they always were doing benefits like that also. 
The band began their headlining portion of the Getaway World Tour in September with the North American Leg, featuring Jack Irons, the band's original drummer, as an opening act. Beginning in January of 2017, Dave Ratt, the band's source engineer since 1991, announced that following the show of January 22, 2017, he would no longer be working with the band. The Getaway Tour concluded in October of 2017, the tour considered of 151 shows lasting a year and almost five months. In December, the band headlined the Band Together to Benefit concert at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Money raised from this center went to the Tipping Point Emergency Relief Fund, which between 2005 and 2017 raised $150 million to educate, employ, house, and support those in need in the Bay Area. So at this point, the band is doing okay. They're relationship with Josh was okay the music they were making was decent however it was definitely missing this one element that they did not have when they were with John so we're sitting around here it's about 2018 getting ready to head into 2019 okay the recording of the next Chili Peppers album was delayed due to the Woosley fire the band actually performed a benefit show for the fire victims in January of 2019. In February, they performed Dark Necessities with rapper Post Malone at the 61st Annual Grammy Awards. They appeared in Malone's music video for a while, released in March of 2019. In February of that year, the Chili Peppers began a month-long tour featuring their first headline shows in Australia in 12 years, including their first show in Tasmania, which was briefly halted due to a power outage. On March 15, 2019, they performed in Egypt, becoming one of the few acts allowed to perform at the Pyramids of Giza. The performance was live-streamed on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. On October 26, 2019, photographer Dave Mushkane announced that a Chili Peppers documentary was in the works. Klingenhofer released his debut solo album, To Be One With You, on November 22, 2019. It featured Flea and former Chili Peppers drummer Jack Irons. On November 2, 2019, the Chili Peppers performed at a charity event, the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music in Los Angeles. It was their final show with Klingenhofer. On December 15, 2019, the Chili Peppers announced on Instagram that after 10 years, they had split with Klingenhofer and that Frashante had rejoined the band. They wrote that Klingenhofer was a beautiful musician who we respected and loved. In an interview on the podcast WTF with Mark Marin, Klingenhofer said there was no animosity. It was absolutely John's place to be in the band. I'm happy that he's back with them. In August of 2020, former Chili Peppers guitarist Jack Sherman died at age 64. The band issued a statement thanking him for all the good, bad, and in between. On April 24, 2021, they announced that they had left Q Prime, their management company, for the previous 20 years and would now be managed by their longtime friend, Guy Oseri, founder of Maverick Records. On May 3rd of 2021, it was reported that the Red Hot Chili Peppers would sell their back catalog to Hypnosis Songs Funds for 140 to 150 million. On February 8th, 2020, Frashante performed with the Chili Peppers for the first time in 13 years at a memorial service held by the Tony Hawk Foundation for late producer Andrew Burkle, 
son of billionaire Ronald Burkle. Shows were scheduled for three festivals that May, but then COVID happened. So everybody knows that during COVID, a lot of bands were put on hiatus, a lot of shows were put on hiatus, but they also had a lot of time to practice and perform by themselves and do a lot of streaming, um, whether it was through Zoom or other outlets to produce their music. So during this time, as I read about and as I've heard about through podcasts, they had Anthony in Hawaii and the members of the band were mainly in California. They were able to kind of work on material through that way and then eventually were able to get in the studio after a certain amount of time. Another great thing I heard about during the podcast was how they mended their relationship with John Frusciante and how important it was for him to be in the band. At one point, John said, I was born to be in this band. The relationship between Flea and John grew even stronger during this hiatus while John was gone and why Josh was in. And I think that with their bond, it was able to get them back together and form the unit back to the way it should be, the way it is now intended to be. John, during this time, practiced a lot and Flea practiced a lot, learning a lot about their instruments, learning a lot about the craft. And when they were able to come together and practice and work on material together, they brought a lot more to the plate than they ever had before. So now we are here in 2022. The 12th Red Hot Chili Pepper Studio Album, Unlimited Love, produced by Rick Rubin, was released on April 1st, 2022. It debuted at number one in 10 countries, giving the Chili Peppers their first U.S. number one album since Stadium Acradium. It was promoted with singles for Black Summer and These Are The Ways. It was written that Unlimited Love shared the meliconic riff-making, great choruses, and softly sung melodies of Frusciante's previous works with Chili Peppers but introduced new, grungy, and acoustic elements. Frashansky said the band had recorded almost 50 tracks with plans for a follow-up album. On March 31, 2022, the Chili Peppers received a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And then on April 1, 2022, the broadcasting company SiriusXM launched a dedicated channel to just the Chili Peppers. Whole lot of red hot. Live performances and acts were included with the Chili Peppers on the network. So I've listened to this album quite a bit since I, uh, since it's come out. And it is one of the best things they've ever done. The influences are amazing. The melodies, the song structure is definitely considered, in my opinion, one of the best things they've ever done. So if you get a chance, check it out. Unlimited Love, now available wherever you get streaming service. And also you can pick it up on vinyl. I hope you enjoyed the Red Hot Chili Peppers Down Memory Lane podcast. If you had to get a chance, check them out this summer. I'm going to do my best to check them out at the Mile High Stadium here in Denver with a huge lineup. Should be a really good time. So a show that I was fortunate enough to check out at a new venue that I've never been to before here in the Colorado area. It's been out for a few years. Is the Mission Ballroom. The band I was able to check out was the band Sleep which um, was turned on to me by my friends Doug and Pat. They had an opening band called Super Wolves, 
And the three of us, including Pat's wife, Lori, all went to go see it. And it was an amazing show. Very impressed with these guys. Hope you get a chance to check them out. Again, the band is called Sleep. You can get them wherever you get your streaming music service. A few new music releases that have come out in the last month or so that if you get a chance to check out. Pink Floyd released a single called Hey Hey Rise Up. There is the new Jack White album, Fear of the Dawn, which I will definitely be going down a Jack White rabbit hole here at some point. The album is very good in my opinion. Check it out. Luscious also has a new album out called Second Nature. Envy of None, which is the new band from one of the members of Rush. Primus have a new single out, and you're going to be hearing a little bit more about Primus since I will be going to see them a few times during the summer, at least Les Claypool for one of those shows, and then Primus at Red Rocks with Ween. The Grey Boy All-Stars came out with a new album called Get a Job. Miley Cyrus has a new live album out. Ozo Motley has a new one coming out called Marching On. And then there's the supergroup, Third Secret, which has Kurt, Nova Slack from Nirvana, Matt Cameron of Pearl Jam, and Kim Thale of Soundgarden. And it also has two lady singers in the band, Jennifer Johnson and Jillian Ray. Plus one other member called John Bubba Dupree. Up and coming albums that are not released yet to look out for, Florence and the Machine, Dance Fever, Lizzo, Special, Harry Styles, Harry's House, Jack Harlow, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, Arcade Fire, We, Bonnie Raitt, Just Like That, The Chainsmokers, So Far, So Good, Imagine Dragons, Mercury, Acts 1 and 2, Miranda Lambert, Palomino, Interpol, The Other Side of Make Believe, Romstein, Zeit, a previously unreleased Prince and the Revolution live album from back in 1985, a Rolling Stones live at the El Macambo, a new muse, Will of the People, for all you Def Leppard fans out there, Diamond Star Halos, another Willie Nelson album called A Beautiful Time, Kirk Hammett of Metallica, an EP called Portals, New Hailstorm, Back from the Dead, and many, many more. And you can check out all those albums when they do come out, wherever you get your streaming service. The next and final thing I want to talk about, folks, is that this Saturday, April 23rd, will be Record Store Day. And as you know, in the last previous Record Store Days have been a little bit crazy due to the pandemic. So this will be a nice little get out for all us record collectors. There is a humongous amount of stuff going to be released. I hope all you music fans that are out there that uh, appreciate vinyl will be out there to pick up your favorite artists and support them. If you'd like to check out the complete list of releases for that day and also see what participating stores are going to be releasing them, you can go to recordstoreday.com or rsd.com. Okay, folks, that's all I have for this week. I'm in the process of creating more content. I have a lot of shows to try and go to over the summer and a lot of get-togethers with my friends. So I'm looking forward to sitting down, having some good conversations about music and getting the podcast up to release as soon as I possibly can. With that being said, I really do enjoy these conversations and I do appreciate everybody listening. I can take any feedback on any of my social media platforms, including Music Made Seeds 
at Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. If you'd like to send me an email, you can send me an email at ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. That's ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. I'd love to know who you are, where you're listening from, and what suggestions and advice you could give for me. Thank you for listening, and take care of each other out there. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.